what I want you to do right now is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have the Word of God read. And uh, Mike, I'm gonna, it's, it's, it's a video. And all I want you to do right now is, is it reads Isaiah 58. I want you to, you can close your eyes, you can read along. But I want, I want the Word of God to feed you. I want you to listen to the whole, the whole Isaiah chapter. And I want you to, to allow it to sink in to your very being. Because in the back in the old days, they used to read the word and, and they didn't do all that we did. They just read the word of God and it brought people to their knees because the word of God is life. It is all that we need is the life found in his word. So I want you to listen as we play this. And I want you, you can read along if you like, but more importantly is allowing the word of God to sink in to you today. Shout it aloud, do not hold back. Raise your voice like a trumpet. Declare to my people their rebellion and to the descendants of Jacob their sins. For day after day they seek me out. They seem eager to know my ways, as if they were a nation that does what is right and has not forsaken the commands of its God. They ask me for just decisions and seem eager for God to come near them. Why have we fasted, they say? and you have not seen it? Why have we humbled ourselves, and you have not noticed? Yet on the day of your fasting you do as you please, and exploit all your workers. Your fasting ends in quarreling and strife, and in striking each other with wicked fists. You cannot fast as you do today, and expect your voice to be heard on high. Is this the kind of fast I have chosen? Only a day for people to humble themselves? Is it only for bowing one's head like a reed and for lying in sackcloth and ashes? Is that what you call a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? Is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen? To loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke? To set the oppressed free and break every yoke? Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter when you see the naked to clothe them? and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood? Then your light will break forth like the dawn, and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you, and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call, and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help, and he will say, Here am I. If you do away with the yoke of oppression, with the pointing finger and malicious talk, and if you spend yourselves in behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like the noonday. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. Your people will rebuild the ancient ruins and will raise up the age-old foundations. You will be called repairer of broken walls, restorer of streets with dwellings. If you keep your feet from breaking the Sabbath and from doing as you please on my holy day, if you call the Sabbath a delight and the Lord's holy day honorable, and if you honor it by not going your own way and not doing as you please or speaking idle words, then you will find your joy in the Lord and I will cause you to ride in triumph on the heights of the land and to feast 
on the inheritance of your father Jacob, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. God's word is good, isn't it? You get anything in that? Was your heart open? Did you receive? Did you feed? Were you fed in his word today? There's very powerful verses there. God wants to do something in this, in this nation today. He wants to do something in your life today. He wants ownership, but he has you to do something first. And so what we're going to do today, I asked the question last week. I brought up a topic called fasting. Many of us have done fasting before. Some of us have not. Maybe you have questions today what that means. Fast means to cover their mouth, to not let any, any food enter. Fast is that. You may consider a fast to give up something like TV or a good book or something, or fast Facebook. That's not fasting. Fasting is not eating, period. If you want to sacrifice, give up something for the Lord. Take away Facebook to give him time. That's good. That's called to, sac to sacrifice, but to fast is to cover their mouth and not to eat. And so when those people back in those days fasted, they want to make sure that the God would hear because they knew that if they fasted and they gave up and they sacrificed that way, God would move. And so they get to a place where the people are so far into themselves that they would do these things and expect God to move. Lord, if we do this, then you will move. And today there's a church that says, if we do this, then God will move. And if we're not on target to what God wants to do, he is not going to move in that. And so that's what fast was back then. And so they did what they did was they made sure that they looked like they were fasting. They made sure that they, they, they put on sackcloth and they put ashes on and they would lay on the ground. And they would say, oh, and they said they would do it for a day. They'd lay there and wait for God to move. And he was disgusted with it. That's not the fast I called for. But this is the fast I want. And so he gives us a clear picture of what fasting is really for. But if you do, there's breakthrough. I'm telling you, did you hear what he'll do? If you do a fast that he calls you to. Now, I'm not calling you today to a corporate fast. If God says to me to fast, I will. If he tells me to tell you to, then I will. Right now, I'm not called to do that. But this nation needs you to stand. You have a choice to do in your Christian walk. You can go as normal and expect, expect God to move because you're doing certain things. And God could be telling you, that's not what I called you to do. I've got something much different than that. I want to go into the word of God today. I want to go into some specifics in this. In, this, in the portion of Isaiah 58, verse 6, I want to focus there. There's so much in that that I'm not going to even try to... To cover that today but I want to verse 6 it is not this it says is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen this is it this is what fasting is meant to do in your life and for others it says to loose the chains of injustice it is to untie the cords of the yoke to set the oppressed free and to break every yoke that is the goal of fasting whether you're called to a fast or corporately a church is called to fast that is the goal that Christ said he will do if you call to the fast 
that he's called you to do. All right, that is what the goal is in fasting. Now, you may have other reasons why you fast. It may be health reasons. But the ultimate goal of God's fast is that. He says it. This is, is this not the fast I have chosen? God's word is good. Let's go into, um, I, in the ancient days, in the ancient church, fasting was, it was connected so closely to charitable work and giving to those in poor and in need. Those who were oppressed, it was to align his church to the needs of his people. That's what fasting was to do. So if you're fasting for someone, what fasting is supposed to do for you is to line your heart with his need. So you might be doing it for other reasons. But when you're done with your fast, when God calls you out of it, then your heart should be aligned to a specific need and you should be able to address that need with his, with his power and authority. Ancient church, fasting and charitable work were together tightly woven. Fast to be fastened. That's our topic today. Align your heart to loose the chains of injustice, to set the oppressed free, to untie and break burdens, which are yokes. There are heavy burdens today. You, by fasting, can untie. What that means is, if you know what a yoke is, it's when two oxen are yoked together to plow field. And what they do, they put this heavy yoke upon their neck, wooden yoke, and then they would tie it with ties around their neck so that would fasten it to their necks. And they would work together. It's good if they're both working together. Jesus says, don't be unequally yoked because of the war that begins but to fasten, this is to untie those things and to break those, to take burdens away from people and to break the very burden or the yoke that it will not return. See, that's the power of fasting. You guys understand it. Is this something you need to do in your life? Let me see the hands of something, somebody right now that needs to do this in your life. Do you understand? Last week I said if there's anybody that fasted, and many of us don't know what that is. I'm telling you today, I hope after today and maybe next week and the week after that as we talk about this, God will call you to a place where you face something that you're not able to take down, that there's a yoke around you, you're carrying something too heavy, and God's going to say, that can be untied, and that yoke can be broken, and you can set the oppressed free. You can set the oppressed free by your fast, if it's according to what God has called you to do. So, let's move on. Align the bread of your fast is the bread you give. Back in those days, they fasted, they didn't eat anything, and they would set that stuff off to the side, and, and then God, in his words, said very clearly, yes, you fasted, I see you have not eaten, but how can you look at the poor here that's not been given food? So you fast, and yet nothing is given to the poor. That is not a fast I've called you to do. So I'm not saying that we today, if we fast, that we need to go someplace and to feed somebody, though literally back in those days, that's what God did in his word. He tied the fast to helping and feeding the poor. Anybody remember a man who used fasting in a very powerful way? I'm not saying that he did it according to God's word, but he did it to get what he needed done. In 1932, it was in a jail cell for a civil disobedience campaign near Bombay, Gandhi. Everybody knows who Gandhi was. Why? Begins a hunger strike to protest the British government's decision on separating India's electoral system and giving the untouchables, they were called, the lowest social classes, those poor, those ones are cast out, they, their own separate political representation. 
for a period of seven years. Now, you might think that's good, but that's not exact. That's not at all what he thought was a good idea. So he went into a fast. He says here, first they ignore you, then they laugh at you, then what? They fight you, then you win. That's his words. And then it says here, six days after his fast ended, the British government accepted the principal terms of a settlement between the higher class of Indians and the untouchables and reversed that separation decision because of a six-day fast. Now, I'm not here to debate whether or not he was a believer. All I'm saying is the power of what fast did for him and the people of India. Let's go on. 2 Timothy 3. Let's put some New Testament to this. It says in his word, but realize this, that in the last days, difficult times will come. How many people know they're here? They're here. Difficult times will come. So we are facing those right now. For the people will love only. Here's the description of what's going on. Here's what we say. Difficult times are coming. Let me get a description of what men are doing. It says for people or men and women will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents, and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. Anybody know? Is that the description of today's world? Is that what's happening today all over the world? So we have the description in Timothy by Paul says this is condition and yet here's something I want to grab hold of today. It says in verse 5, they will hold to a form of godliness, although they have denied its power. Avoid such men as these. Did you hear what I said? It says they, the same they, the same people, into themselves. It says they will hold onto a form of godliness. Although they would deny its power. Do you guys get this? I hope you're getting this. play something for you. I think this will help you. If you've been hurt by a Christian, I'm sorry. If you've been made to feel worthless, I'm sorry. If your heart burns inside from what somebody said of the orientation of life that you've led, if you feel like your desire to be loved has no place and your church and your friends have failed to embrace or identify you too as one who needs grace, I'm sorry. Some of you may be jaded by some Christian figure who didn't seek you in love, but merely to cure, as if to objectify you and tell you to learn to go and live like a saint or else you'll just burn. You see, it's teachings like that which Christ didn't condone, but rather challenge those accusing to cast the first stone. Because if they're not teaching in love, then they're standing alone and trying to orchestrate themselves what only Christ can atone. Now 
how I love the church and its institution and the way that God has so powerfully used them to reach our communities and out to the nations, but I'm also aware of our past abrasions. Please understand that we are just as depraved as the next sinner who God so lovingly saved and accept our apology for the way we've behaved and let us love on you the way Christ would convict. I wish I could stand here and say that our past is some kind of a mix-up and we could take back this hateful demeanor we display, but the fact is there's still perversion out there like Westboro Baptist. Know this. The true body of Christ knows that Westboro is corrupted. You tell me Fred Phelps never liked, cheated, or lusted. But he'll hold up his signs and he'll talk of God's hate by misinterpreting scripture. He helps formulate the plan of the enemy to come decimate the truth of God's love that the real church demonstrates. I hate it when I see Westboro convene, but I love it when the Patriot Guard intervenes. You see, I feel your pain too when they're picketing scene, having served myself as a U.S. Marine. You see, they disrespect those who died so we can be free, saying God laughs at their death, but what they don't see is that it was Westboro's sin that put Christ on the tree. Indeed, sacrifice seems more Christ-like to me. This image of a hateful, homophobic facade surely isn't I loving God. Now, I affirm the accuracy of God's revelation. I affirm inerrancy and divine inspiration. And the scriptures are clear that same-sex relations are contrary to his intent for creation. But I also know that I have sinned too. And whether you're gay or straight, the gospel's still true. And he can restore a hurting, broken view into a new and beautiful design like you. I've been lost, I've lied, I've slandered, I've hurt. I've taken God's name and treated it like dirt. Lust, deceit, greed from wealth, all of these things I'm guilty of myself. I have sinned, but I've been redeemed. Let me tell you about Jesus and his love for you. Are you free from the sin that once held you condemned? Do you feel like your soul is unclean? Because I know of a cross that has been blood-stained to ensure that your royalty is seen. I know of a hill that once bore naked, a man who loved those who'd forsake him, enough to bear their sins and take them from condemnation to sanctification. You see, this man of love who while nailed to a tree had his children in mind, and he begged this one plea that God the Father would show mercy even on those of whom Christ's death were guilty. He pardoned his deity to wander his least, to live, love, and die, and be raised a high priest. Because of this image, he invites us to feast. He's a loving God, not a Westboro beast. That was the harlot wife from Jesus' feet. She then worn her hair as a crown of defeat, a defeat from dichotomies of pure and impure, now vindicated by Christ because he loved her. Now I pray that my message begins to take place, and you can know the joy of this restoration. This manifestation of Christ's affirmation was made for you as a new creation. He loves you. I love you. The church loves you. fasting is to align your heart to God's love. That's what it's about. If you're not feeling or you have been disconnected and church has been just church and, and you're not being inspired and, and motivated, then it might be a, a time for fasting for you. 
it, it rejuvenates. It, it, gives you some, it gives you hope. It puts you in line with God's heart. And I'm telling you, God does love you. Hold on to a form of godliness. Holding on to a form of godliness. They stand on street corners in front of people, but by their lives, they dishonor the holy and righteous name of Jesus. I'm not here to debate with you about Westboro or what you feel about that situation. I'm not here to even discuss that with you, but I know very clearly this. If our message to those in need is not love and forgiveness, then we are not even close to the heart of God, and we need to fast. Because fasting will do just that. It will break the chains of the oppressed. It will realign the church of Jesus Christ back to its mission. That's what it was supposed to do, is I want you to forget eating. I want you to sacrifice, but don't make it look like you're fasting. What it's all about is you should be stepping towards someone in love. You should be taking care of those people that are oppressed. You need to be a new form of godliness, his son. I want to go through a few things right here. This might awaken. It awakens me when I think about him. A form of godliness. What does that look like? Are you more concerned with sacrificing to come to church or than becoming the sacrifice for the church? Are you more concerned with judging someone's wrong than forgiving the wrongdoer? Are you more concerned with the blessing you receive than the blessing you become? Are you more concerned with holding on to traditions and giving way to submission? This is a form of godliness. More concerned with the cross you wear than the cross you bear. Are you more concerned with being right than being his righteousness? I don't know. I, I, uh, the Lord has been doing some amazing things in, in this church and in my life. And I'm so thankful for what God's doing. I'm so thankful for the future. I've got, I've got much hope in his future. But in the midst of that, in the midst of great hope, I'm under great distress. I, I can't even explain it. It's almost as if God is wanting to do something. It's almost as if he's right there and his heart is to love you and to love others so intently. But there's something that holds him back. And honestly, I, I, if, I, if I would know it, believe me, I would, I would instantly do something. If I all can myself in my own power to do something. God's heart is to move forward. It's to bring people to a new revelation of who he is. It's to let loose his spirit on his church, that people will be changed, people will be set free, and people will be able to walk in that freedom, not in oppression. And I know he is here to do that. Are you more concerned with quoting a disciple than becoming a discipler? See, I think we really got to start thinking about what Christ has for his church today. Isaiah 58.8 says, Then your light will break forth like the dawn. Listen to me. 
it will break through like the dawn, a light, it says, and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you, and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. It's a promise. Isn't it wonderful? He says, okay, you fasted. That's not what I called you to do. This is my kind of fast. It's to break the yokes. It's to untie those yokes. It's to set the oppressed free. You know, if you do it right, if you turn and you start to take care of those people that are in those conditions, I will do what for you? You see, his promise, it will come if we align ourselves to his heart. The first nine says this, then you will call and the Lord will answer. And you, it says, you will cry for help, and he will say, here am I. See, there is a great promise, isn't there? In his word, in the midst of all that, he sets them straight. He says, that's not what I'm calling you to fast. Don't you understand? You're doing all that stuff, but you're not aligned to what I want done. So you do all that, and I'm not even looking. I'm not even hearing. I'm not even responding. But if you do it, and that will take, it's not that you don't eat, see? He's not even mentioning fasting. He says, the fast I call you to, he says, is to stop eating. He doesn't say that. He says, the fast I call you to is to take care of these oppressed. See, that's the fast. It's almost like a, fa- a, a sacrifice of your time. It's almost aligning yourself back to what God says. That's his fast, you see. Eat your hamburger. I don't care. But if you take care of my brother right here, I will do this. This is my word. This is my promise. Then you will cry out, and I will hear, and I will say, here am I. He is ready. He is such a loving God. He wants to. And so when we lose sight of those that are afflicted and those people that are oppressed, and they're here today in this place. And we can have all the songs we want. We can have prayer. We can even have snacks and coffee and all those good things. And all those are good things. But if we don't have concern with one another, will God hear? And will God move? I want to be part of a church that God is moving. Let's do this today as they get ready to play some music. There's more portions of that. Could you do God a tremendous favor? Read Isaiah 58. Meditate on it. Meditate on it. See where verse 6 takes you. See where verse 8 and 9 take you. There are promises in that. If you're facing right now something that's, that's hard to break through, and you can't see how, or you see someone who is under an attack or under that oppression, and they need set free, they need delivered from that, you could be the very one to stand and to say, God, whatever you call fasting, if I have to align myself to your heart, I'm giving up food. I'm not even, I don't even care. I'm giving up food. I'll do it right now. If, you're come, if you today have an issue that you're facing and you want help, I'll fast with you. I'll fast with you. Because brothers staying with brothers. Who needs food anyway? Jesus can do it for 40 days. What are we afraid of? Are we afraid to line ourselves with his heart? Are we afraid that he might call us to do something? Heaven forbid. 
So if you're facing something today that you, you just cannot get through, you feel a yoke on your back and you're heavy and it's heavy and it's hard to move, I'm telling you today, you want help? I'll fast with you. Who, who will fast with one another here? Let me see the hands. Who would do that for another one? Who would do it for another person that's hurting, someone under oppression? Someone says, man, I, I can't do this on my own. Who's willing to say, I'll do it. If it means giving up food for a day, two days, three days, I don't care. If I could set somebody free, if I could be the one to stand and I could turn that, my attention when I'm not eating to, to praying for that person and helping that person, I'm guaranteeing God will move. He promises it. You will be the, the light of that dawn. You will be the new horizon. You will be the one to stand. If we got people in this room that say, I, I'm trusting God. I'm trusting God. See, that's called one accord. And I believe today, why don't we do this as we get into some songs today. If you have a need today, I mean, I mean something you need to get broke through. You, you, need to, you need the other side. Or maybe you're a person today that I, I just haven't felt much this week. Or this the last couple, maybe this month or this last six months. I just, I just have, I felt disconnected and I haven't felt your pulse. And, and I haven't felt your yearning and your sterning in my heart. And, and I've been kind of in a place where I'm not really sure. I want you to come today because you're oppressed. And we're going to set you free today. But if you're one here that says, man, I'm going to step up. I, I, I want to be here for somebody else. God has been good to me. He's shown me. And man, I've been stirred up. And I'm, I'm, I'm on fire for God. And, and I'll, I'll fast today for somebody. And you want to, you come on up here too, because we need each other. One for another. Don't miss an opportunity today. Don't walk out of here and say, you know, I, I heard him say that, but I'm just going to stay in my seat. Just, please don't do that. Respond today. And I believe the Lord will do his part. Father, thank you, Lord, for your word today. Boy, that's just touching the tip of the iceberg. There's so much in that that Isaiah said. And Lord, that you spoke through him as a prophet. Lord, I, I pray right there when you speak about what you want to do with the oppressed and those who are heavy laden and burdened and they're carrying such a yoke that they can't even stand anymore. They don't even know how to stand anymore. And they can't fast. They don't even have the strength to do it. They can't even fight anymore. Lord, we're here to fight. And we're here to stand on the God's word. We're here to face that devil and those demons in the name of Jesus Christ. You can't have them. Today is the day. And so, Lord, we pray that through this next, however time you want to be us here, Lord, we invite the Holy Spirit to do its work. I pray for those who need to respond right now in Jesus' name, that they would have the strength to stand. They would come down front here. And those who says, I'm going to stand and I'm going to do whatever it takes and they're stirred up, you come down too. Because we're going to have a party right down here. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your word. It's good and amen.
like 